What's going on, guys? This is Dave Heilman, a.k.a. Dynasty Dorks. This is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gunning Podcast Network, presented to you by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. To boost the same game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. If you sign up today, you bet $100, you're going to get $100 right back at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com. W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by SGPN's Big Game Bingo, $57 SGPN gift card for every bingo that you hit. We're also brought to you by the SGPN's 57 Bets Challenge, $570 cash, and a $570 gift card to the winner of the props contest. Get all your contest in- info exclusively on the SGPN app. If you're going going to be out there at the Big Game in Arizona, make sure you check out the live show at the Ainsworth Thursday, 11 a.m. Register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Bachelor's big game. All right, so we're going to get straight into this mock draft. It is mock draft season for everybody except for the Eagles and the Chiefs. It is the offseason, and for Dynasty folks, there is no offseason. Startups are going on. Trades are going on. So we did a Superflex mock draft. I brought in some great guests. We had Bruce Matson from Dynasty League Football. He is a senior writer for them. We have Evan Harris, EKH Sports, Jesus to Jerseys, Coach Bruce, Michael Sicoli from the IDP guys. Coach Bruce is with Yards Per. Maniac Monty with the Dynasty Fantasy Football, actually Fantasy and Frames, and then uh, myself, and then Doug Harrelson from the Dynasty Football Factory. This is a four-round super flex draft, and of course, the number one pick was Bijan Robinson. Will Levis. Yeah, yeah. We we <laughs> did not have anybody trade up for for a Will Levis yeah, in this in this draft. Bijan Robinson went number one from Bruce. Generational talent is the the term that a lot of people are using. You really, you know, most leagues you need running backs. And so even in a super flex league, he has solidified himself as the 101. And my question to you, Brad, is it the 101 so valuable that you have to trade it? It's got to be right now. Seeing Kenneth Walker and the 103, seeing some of the offers that are just coming in and being accepted right now. You would, you absolutely have to shop that pick. Now, I've gotten some really bad offers for it as well. Uh, you know, let's say two, three years ago when we were wondering who the 101 was, right? People talking about CEH is the number one and things like that, like those type of offers. So I think it's definitely worth shopping it. And if, if you can get that haul, you absolutely take it. All right, so Brad, number two was Bryce Young. Let's talk about it. Yeah, it's, it makes sense, right? He's for the for most people the consensus number one quarterback. I think C.J. Stroud's crossing over that threshold for me right now. But you absolutely can't uh, argue with this. And they talk about how he is just he's the guy. While people may be a little concerned about his size, he has all of the tangibles. The guy can do everything that you want, and it just makes sense to go with the super flex position here with a guy like Bryce Young. 
Yeah, and then that that pick was made by Evan Harris. C.J. Stroud went on the three spot to coach Bruce. And, again, depending on landing spot, I think these guys are more 1A and 1B versus, you know, they're in the same tier. And if if Bryce Young goes to the Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud goes to the Indianapolis Colts or the Carolina Panthers or the Atlanta Falcons or the Los Angeles Raiders, I think people would be more interested in Stroud at that point. But we don't have that right now. And this is where we're at. Um, All right. 104. Michael takes JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the number one wide receiver on most 90% of people's boards right now. Uh, And look, he didn't look that great uh, this season because of injury, right? The dude just didn't play all that much. So don't take those things away from him. If you go back to his sophomore season, he talks about all that production that he had while next to Garrett Wilson uh, and Chris Olave, and still looking like quite possibly the better receiver out of the three of them. Yeah, there's a lot of slander out there from Todd McShay. We will see, um, you know, and if he's just a, you know, slot receiver, that can be very good for fantasy football. It's not like it used to be where the slot receiver only comes in on third downs. There's a lot of teams out there that use three receiver sets exclusively, We've seen some guys like Justin Jefferson was just a slot guy. Cooper Cup was just a slot guy. And they've come in and absolutely dominated on the outside. Um, yep. But he needs he needs to show that he can do both. Um, and we talked about it before. It's a kind of a just a trend in the in the college ranks where you put your guy, your best guy on their third best guy. Yep. Yep. So fifth was Jameer Gibbs. Um, I think you know, because he's a running back, he's going to be in that four or five range. Um, if he's the second running back off the board, if something happens where he's drops to the fourth round, then maybe this doesn't happen, but everyone's expecting him to be a second round pick, potentially even a late first round pick. You know, if they put him on the chiefs and they used him like Jarek McKinnon, Oh my gosh, <laughs> you could, you could see him fly up the boards. If they put him in, you know, Buffalo bills, you put him. Um, you put him with the Philadelphia Eagles. There could be some some upside here, and he talks about that. This guy was, you know, he was a good runner. I wouldn't say a great runner, but he was a great pass catcher, and he did the same thing at Georgia Tech, and that's why Monty took him here at five. Yep, absolutely. You want to talk about that NFL comp? Yeah, the, the comp he gave him was Kareem Hunt, and, you know, Kareem Hunt is kind of just the pass catching back for the Cleveland Browns. But we also saw him as the number one back in fantasy football when he was, you know, he led the league in rushing with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, um, you know, with with Gibbs, his size, he's right around 200 pounds. If he comes in at the combine over 215, because those college numbers aren't always the same. Remember, we thought Rashad Bateman was 6'3". He's yeah. not. Um, we, you know, we thought some of these other guys were a little taller or, or bigger than they were. Um We'll see what the size comes in, but if he comes in at 5'11", 200, which is what they have him at right now, it's hard to see him as a three-down back in the NFL. There's just not many uh, guys that size that do that. Um, but Kareem Hunt is is been fantasy viable. Even as the second option in Cleveland, he's very fantasy viable. So if you can if you get him in the right, you know, right spot, he's still worth that number five pick, in my opinion. Yep, I love it. 
All right, 106. Dave, this is your pick. You took Quentin Johnston, that big, big, big dude from TCU, explosive player, quite possibly the best size-speed combination out of the draft period uh, this season. You talk about his ability to get off the line, the ability to get the receivers to kind of turn their hips and be able to stack them, get up on their feet a little bit before he makes his cuts. It's really nice and allows him to separate pretty well for a big guy, right? Uh the 40 is what's going to matter here, I think, a little bit for him, right? He's looked at as that speed guy. If he comes in and runs a, a four, close to a four six, I think things might change a little bit for him. He might tumble just a little bit in the first round. Uh, I'm curious where, what team is going to take that shot on him right now. Um, you know, there are some things in his game that he probably needs to work on a little bit, just like most college players. So I'm not saying it's any more abnormal, but to get a guy like this at 106, who could very possibly be end up turn out being the best wide receiver out of this group is a pretty nice steal. Yeah. Look, looking back at it, I would have taken Jordan Addison here and I just went with Johnston swinging for the upside because of the size and you know, we'll, we'll look at 40s are relative to size, so he's going to run slower than those smaller guys, but he just has to keep it in that range where he's not considered, you know, a slow, uh, slow receiver. Yep. So let's check back in with the sponsors, and we're going to talk about Mr. Will. Actually, we'll talk Will Levis before the sponsors. Yeah. So Will Levis came in at the 107. Um, that's Doug Harrelson from the Dynasty Fantasy Factory. Um you know, there's some except you know some exceptional talent that you you see in this class, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Bijan Robinson, and Will Levis is someone that you can see him all over the board on some people's ranks. Some people absolutely hate Will Levis. They think he's just he looks the part, so he's being propped up because he looks the part. And other people are, are you know they're they're going back to that 2021 tape and going, yeah, he looks the part and he's really good, and so. Um, I said it on my short 2021, he looked like a top five pick in the NFL draft. 2021, he did not. And so which player did the NFL, does the NFL think he could get? I noted in there, you know, um, he lost his offensive coordinator from 2001-22, lost his center and both tackles. And so that is a very big, and he lost Wondell Robinson, who was 30% of their offense. So, that's a lot of excuses. You expect to see better. But if he had those pieces, would we be talking about him as the 102 instead of the 107? We'll see. We'll see. I, I think it'll be interesting when it come time for him to, let's say he goes number four to Indy and Stroud falls or Bryce Young fall. Like a team could fall in love with this guy because of his size and his arm. So it'd be very <laughs> interesting to see kind of how ADPs fall out come the time after the draft if he doesn't fall to you know the third quarterback at number 10 or it just takes or one team i mean that's it there yeah. there might have been one team in the entire draft that had zach wilson as the number two quarterback and, and it was the new york was. jets and they had the number two pick <laughs> and they passed on justin yeah. fields and trey lance and mac jones and yeah. you could also you know have those guys where they completely whiffed on a guy like josh allen and wish they took him earlier but they were like so concerned about all the traits and it's more projection than production. And they passed on him and, and took, you know, Josh Allen was the 10th pick, you know, um, it's just, you know, took Josh Rosen ahead of him. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of those quarter, you know, Deshaun Watson, Patrick, and I'm not saying Will Levis is any of these, but a lot of the quarterbacks that are starters in the league and longtime starters in the league came in that 10 to 15 range. So just because he falls that far doesn't mean that he can't produce at a high level. So I know some people are using that as an argument as well. So. So let's talk about WinBet. Uh, it's the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states. There are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBets, build your own bet. The big game is here, and WinBet has you covered. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. If you're ready to play, just sign up today. You're going to receive a special offer. When you bet $100, you're going to get $100. It's limited to state availability, and of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com. That's so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash winbet. That's backslash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, and let's say you just happen to be one of the lucky few to get to Arizona for the big game. You've got to go to the Ainsworth at 11 a.m. on Thursday and catch SGP's live show. Go and register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game. Again, that's big game, B-I-G-G-A-M-E. The show is free, and you'll be able to watch the show, and maybe you can have some drinks with the guys. Who knows? Again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash big game. And don't forget about the Ken Walker jersey giveaway. Five stars. There's the Ken Walker jersey right there. It's a Michigan State jersey from Pristine Auction signed. All you have to do is leave a five-star review on our Apple podcast for a free entry. Now let's look at the 108. Camera, who's up? You, you or me? Uh, I talked Will Levis. All right. So Anthony Richardson went at the 108. Bruce Madsen from DLF took this pick. And this is all about the upside. Anthony Richardson, he's a, you know, he's a guy that he could be a tight end in three years. Or he could be a starting quarterback, the Konami code quarterback that absolutely everyone's all over. And, you know, I'm, I'm a risk adverse guy. I don't have some of these players. There's a reason I don't have Malik Willis on my team because I didn't take the risk, but there's also a reason I didn't have a a, you know, a Jalen Hurts on my team that I viewed as more of a a, pro, you know, a, prod, a project more than anything. Um, I was definitely wrong on Jalen Hurts, but as far as Malik Willis, I'm completely out. Kyle Trask is another guy. Had a great, you know, Florida, Florida guy. And I think I was out on Kyle Trask, and I'm still out on Kyle Trask, even though he's supposed to be the starter. Um, Richardson at eight for me is a little rich. Absolutely. And especially when you're looking at guys like Hinton Hooker going in the mid-second, I, it's it's a little much for me, a little much for me. So let's move on to what Evan said is Christmas time. It's Christmas time at the 109. <laughs> Talk about rhyming. Look, Dr. Seuss still got our Dave Anis, number one overall receiver in Jordan Addison at the 109. What a steal, a guy who won the 2021 Belitnikoff Award. And look, he moved. 
His numbers went down, but he really looked like the same player against stouter competition this season, playing with probably the number one overall pick at the quarterback position next season, and he continued to look, uh, look just looked apart. I know people are worried about his size and whatnot, but look, this dude is going to be a stud. I think he he reminds me, we talked about our, our comp for him being a Devonta Smith, uh, and I love this pick at the 109, just smash play. Yeah, it was one of those. Like after after looking at the draft, I, I I would have taken Addison if this was a real draft, and um you know for all the same reasons you said, I got Zach Evans at one ten from Coach Bruce. Um, great pick, uh, Zach Evans. I think is going to go higher because he's a running back, and he's most likely the third running back, but possibly the second running back that's going to come off the board in your draft because of his size. He is a he can catch the ball. He's a transfer. And he's, you know, he's someone that's played well in two different conferences, two different offenses. And as a runner, you know, he's 215, you know, he's six foot. Um, he's a, he's got power, he's got the size and he's got the speed. And so I do think Zach Evans is going to be, uh, he's going to be someone that's higher come May. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He, he's one of my favorite players in the draft at this point. So, uh, and, and the guy going right after him is another guy that's kind of soaring up the board a little bit. And that's going to be Kendra Miller running back for TCU horned frogs, but picked by Michael. Look, he talked about if had he played in that national championship game, maybe they just don't get destroyed. Right. Maybe it's a totally different game with a guy who ran for almost 1300 yards and a guy who had 60 plus missed fat tackles, missed forced tackles in the 2022 season. A guy who just really kind of has the part. He's got the size. He can catch the ball. He really can be a three down guy. And I kind of like the landing spot that he kind of alludes to here in the Green Bay Packers. I think that'd be a great spot for him. They are kind of in some some issues with the running back room and the money. And do they look to kind of move on from Aaron Jones? And I think Kendra Miller fits kind of that bill, right? He's got that the build to be that three down guy. He can catch the ball as well. I like it. I like it a lot. And at the 111, again, a, a quite possibly starting running back at the 111 is a pretty good spot to be. Yeah, I've been talking a lot of trades and a lot of, you know, like, what about this? What about that? It's like, I need to get into the top six picks for running back. And I just don't know if you have to do that this year. There's a lot of guys are still on the board. And with, with Miller, what I like to see is uh, you like to see a player get better as the season goes on, as the as the career goes on. And I feel like He's developing better as a runner. His his anticipation and vision is much better this year when you look this tape versus last year's tape. And he's another guy that has the prototypical size you're looking for when you're looking for a three-down back. Yep. All right. 112, Jalen Hyatt. Tennessee's become my, my I think, my school when it comes to this draft class. I'm a little higher on Hennon Hooker than this, than the rest of the class, and I'm a little higher on Jalen Hyatt. I will admit Jalen Hyatt, you know, it, it's said in here about his track speed. He's going to blow the combine out of the water. Um, but it's going to be like he does have a limited route tree. He's played 95% of his snaps, I believe, out of the slot. And so he's not played against a lot of press man coverage. You haven't seen him on the outside. So, you you know, you have to project if he can do it or not. Some people think he's going to be a, you know, a better football player than a better fantasy football player. You know, is he going to be a Will Fuller type, a... Deshaun Jackson type where you have these big blow up weeks, but then nothing. Um, 
you know, I just think this guy is, he's got great, great tracking of the ball, really natural hands. And I love him similar to, I don't want to call him Jalen Waddle, but that kind of a player that you can take a, a timing route, a slant route and take it to the house, do those kind of things. And he's going to have to develop the other parts of his game. If he wants to be a more consistent fantasy option, but with his speed, I think you're going to see a lot of deep, deep balls his way. And, uh, and then those timing routes across the middle where people just can't catch him. Um, Christian Watson would be another player that's very similar. Yeah. I do want to point out one thing. If you look at the bottom of the screen, it says number two wide receiver for my own rankings currently. So I, I and Dave, I'm curious if you, I want to go on a little bit of a tangent here from a dynasty draft strategy perspective. Okay. So let's say you've got the 106, right? You've got JSN off the board. Let's say he's your number one. You've got uh Bijan obviously off. You got three quarterbacks off. Do you do you take your number two ranked wide receiver or do you take that pick and you trade down to get your guy at a good value? What what because here I love what he did. He said, Hey, look, I could have tried to trade up and, and get Jalen Hyatt at 107 because he's my number two ranked wide receiver. But you know what? I traded down. I took him at 112 and got good value and a guy that I project to be better than some of these other guys. So from a strategy yeah. perspective, when you're working a dynasty draft, like do you jump and take that guy early or do you tr- try to trade back and take the same This is where every, everyone should make their own rankings, regardless if you make content or not. You should make your own rankings and then you compare them to ADP. ADP is an average. So if the average is, you know, the eight spot, that means someone's taking them at six and someone's taking them at 10. So the question I had earlier today was, would you trade the 112 and the 106 to move up to the 103 or 104? And I said in Superflex, if my object is to get my favorite receiver or to get the lock in a quarterback, yes, I would do that. But I would much prefer the three than the four because I think the 106 is not far off of the 104. And you're getting the 112. So I'm getting Jalen Hyatt and Jordan Addison for JSN. Like yep. Sign me up for that all day. And, J- and, and so that, that that's where um, if, if you know that you've ranked this guy higher, of course you want to get your guy. But if you see the ADP has him at 202, don't take him at 108. Yep. Yep. I love it. All right, I just wanted to I just wanted to get that out there because a lot of times guys are looking at rankings and saying, "Okay, I got to take this guy at this spot in a startup draft." And that no, that's why you use your rankings and ADP. I love it. I'm glad we're on the same page here. All right, let's get in. Do you want to do ad read real quick? Yeah, let's do ad read real quick. All right, let's uh, let's not forget to talk about the Bing game. Bingo again. Down. Stop right now. Pause the show. Download this SGPN app. Make sure you sign up on the SGPN app and, and get your own Big Game Bingo card. Full um, at the Big Game prop prop bets. If your bingo hits, you get $57 at the SGPN gift card. Only catches, you must be subscribed to the, S, the Sports Gambling Podcast and the NFL Gambling Podcast on YouTube. Again, that's the Sports Gambling Podcast, NFL Game Podcast on YouTube to win. Yeah, and we're going to stick with the number 57 for our 57 bets challenge. And in honor of the big game, the SGPN Network, the SGP Network is hosting a prop bet contest. So make your picks for 57 different prop bets. 
And the winner is going to get 570. We're going to take 57 times 10 here. So $570 cash and a $570 gift card to the SGPN store. Maybe you get yourself a little fantasy football podcast t-shirt. Who knows? All of our contests are free to play and exclusively on the SGPN app. All right, let's get into the second round finally. And we're going to talk about a guy who has really kind of fallen down a little bit, I feel, based on where people were talking about him last season. And that's Sean Tucker running back for the Syracuse Orange. He's He's a big dude, and he runs fast. And if you look at last year compared to this year before he got hurt, he forced a little more missed tackles. He looked a little more dynamic last season. And there was this weird injury kind of deal going on. He played through it all, but you could see he wasn't the same player as last year. Weight is the thing. If he can come in a little over 215 and still be able to run at that speed, like Dave says here in the article, he's going to be a smash. He looks really good on the field when you watch him. He's been extremely productive. Uh, and look, 31.5% dominator rating? 31 and a half. Hey, what did we say? Above 30 is kind of what we want to see, right? 31. He's over that number. So highly productive player, two seasons in a row, runs fast, can break some tackles. If he comes in a little over what he was playing at in college, we might have ourselves a steal here at the 201. Yeah, he's a short, stocky running back, has that bowling ball frame. He seems yeah. to put on a little bit more weight onto that frame. Um, but he's yeah, he's someone that can catch the ball. He's a good runner. You can see the average yards per touch. It's, it's pretty big. So the next one's Kayshawn Boutte. And at the 202, like people are probably looking at this one going, what? Um, and so I'm pretty sure before the draft, we found out the news, but it could have been during this draft that we found out that he was going to declare for the draft. Boutte, this year was just really, really all over the place. You can listen to our draft profiles and learn a little bit more about that. With Boutte, he comes from LSU. He's got all the athletic traits that you're looking for. He's got all the tools that you're looking for. We just got to make sure that off the field there's no issues and in the locker room there's no issues and personality and things like that. They, they are paying attention to those things because there are guys that – and that might move him from a first-round pick to a second-round pick because of some of those things. But if he can convince somebody during the interviews, during the combine, that that's not going to be a problem – this guy should be a first-round pick, and uh, because of his size and, and because of his athletic traits, people are you know, at least at the end of the first round are going to take this guy. Yeah, he's definitely sneaky. There, I, I would be shocked if he did not go day one in in the late first round. It just yeah, if he doesn't go day one, you're gonna like you're gonna see uh, Ian Rappaport talking about well, some things came out during the interview process and blah blah right. blah right after yep. that. And that's your concern, right? Is, uh, you know, is there some character thing going on? There's there's a lot of rumors surrounding him right now. So it'll be a very interesting process as they go through the combine. So, all right. 203 is Josh Downs, wide receiver for the North Carolina Tar Heels. And look, Bruce says he might sneak into the first round. This guy, 900 plus yards, 11 touchdowns. He was PFF's rated, like number five rated wide receiver out of this year's draft class anyway, if you don't include all the guys that are that are underclassmen. And, hey, if he if he lands in the right situation and he's in the first round a lot, I mean, think about it. A lot of those late-round draftees 
our play our teams that already have stud quarterbacks, right? They've got a run game. They've got defenses. They're in good situations already. And if they can add Josh Downs to that, it's going to be a smash play. And he's been super productive since he's been in North Carolina. He had a really good season with Sam Howell last year and another really good season this year, even without in a pretty yeah eh, offense, if you really think about it. So landing spot is going to be the key and draft capital, right? If he falls, maybe that, that changes things a little bit, but I like this pick at 203 for Bruce. Yeah, and with draft capital, guys, if you're new to Dynasty, second-round pick draft capital for running backs and receivers is money. Don't think that they have to be first-round picks. Right now, he's projected to be a second-round pick for per NFL Mock Draft database. They've been going at pick 41 to the Tennessee Titans. I know that's not the best landing spot on paper, but him, Traylon Burks, if Ryan Tannehill's back, we've seen that offense function well, and... Yeah, there could be a change with quarterback here soon. There's been a lot of crazy stuff that's happened over the last couple off seasons. Maybe Tennessee's in the mix for something crazy. You know, there's there's some quarterbacks could be on the move. Yeah, there could be. <laughs> Raiders, a lot of Raiders yeah. talk with Aaron Rodgers, yeah. and the number one uh, odds for Derek Carr right now are Tampa Bay. Um, Zach Charbonnet. UCLA running back was a Michigan Michigan running back. Evan Harris gets him at 204. This guy is a big bruising back. 6'1, 220 pounds. Looks like a Big Ten back, but he's wearing a pretty Pac-12 uniform. And so I think this guy is going to, you know, he's it's going to be landing spot dependent for him. Um, but he is someone that he does have the production, similar to like a Tyler Algier where he's very, very productive running back, has the size. If he can run a, a, a good 40 at that size, it might put him up above some of these other guys that are sub-215. I love Zach Charbonnet. I love the idea of getting him at 204. Like, that, that is a great pick this early on right now like if if you're looking at doing your rookie drafts before the NFL draft this is some of the benefit to that right is you can get a Zach Charbonnet at 204 before he gets drafted by uh, Kansas City right or whatever you know some team that everybody's like oh my god just draft a running back right I this dude, Ray, he talked about it here. He could be in the RB2 conversation for him after the NFL draft. That should tell you how good this guy is because he's already people's RB3, RB4. And to just move him inside that tier above a Jameer Gibbs, who people might look like, look at more as a pass catcher, that's not the same leaps and bounds that people took with CEH going from the sixth best running back, three tiers below, all the way to the number one running back just because he went to Kansas City. They, they right. got him at 51 going to the Miami Dolphins. I like that. I like that, right? If you think about Mike Mike McDaniels, he wants to run the ball, comes from the Shanahan tree, that, that could be a really nice landing spot. It would, be it would be an interesting use of draft assets. Now, they, they, they don't, don't have a first-round pick, yep. and they don't have a third-round pick to use right. their first pick and their only first day, day, day two pick, but they get Charbonnet on a young rookie contract. Could happen. Yep, that's right. All right, next up, another pick I absolutely love in Michael Mayer, the tight end number one for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. This dude has size, speed, 
He's that athletic tight end. He can do a little bit of blocking. He's not great at it, but he can play inside. He can play outside. He can do it all. And I think this is a little suppressed for me at 205. I think this is a really good value pick at the 205. I think people are a little skeptical. I'm not saying he's Kyle Pitts' athleticism coming out or anything like that. But I do think that Kyle Pitts probably burns some people. And that's suppressing Michael Mayer a little bit. Look, this guy's probably a top 15 pick. If we're if we're honest, this dude is likely a high-end first-round tight end talent because he can do everything. He's well-rounded. He's got the size. He's got the production from a passing perspective, and he can do it anywhere on the field. So I think Coach Bruce has this on spot on being able to get a guy like this at the 205. Yeah, they have him projected to go to the Packers at pick 15. Um, and, you know, you see, even see like last year you had uh, Trey McBride. Um, go, but Trey McBride and Michael Mayer, that not the same animal because this is going to be a top, probably a top 15 pick in the NFL draft. And uh, with tight ends, you just you got to be patient, like, none of this stop, stop with this Kyle Pitts stuff. Like, everybody, you did this to yourself asking for a, a 20 year old kid to go out there and and put up, you know, 1500 yards receiving and 20 touchdowns, be in um, three meetings and still be able to be productive on a bad team with a bad quarterback. Um, you know, he definitely disappointed this year, but everybody just kind of, they, they set the expectations way too high yep. for a second year tight end. When tight, we know tight ends don't really do anything the first couple of years. Usually it's year two or year three before you see them pop. Yep. Zay Flowers, Michael Sicoli from the IDP guys takes Zay. And, and Zay's a guy, he's another one of those smaller players and so you look at him and think he's going to be a slot. He's going to be a Robin. He can never be a Batman. And maybe that's true. There's plenty of Robins in the league that do very well for your fantasy team. And he could be one of those that's a, a PPR machine. He is a, a good route runner, tough tough for his size. And he he's great with the ball in his hands. He's a yards after a catch guy. And uh, um, I, I think Zay Flowers, he's one of the better route runners in this, in this draft. Yeah. And a lot of people inside the NFL are kind of falling in love with him now, right? There's a lot of talk about Zay flowers and his skill set because he really does a nice job of creating separation, even though he's pretty, pretty small, 5'10", 170 or whatever it is he comes in at. Uh, but when you can create separation, it doesn't really matter, right? We've seen some of these smaller undersized guys be productive here he's, recently. So he's on the like move. Him. He's up four spots on NFL mock draft database. He's ahead of Josh Downs now, and he's going, they haven't projected at 22 to the Baltimore Ravens. That's that's moving. That's moving because that is not anywhere near where he was early on in the process. So I like it. I like it. All right, 207, we're sticking with the wide receiver position, and we are going to go with Rasheed Rice, wide receiver for SMU. And look, I like the, the guy's got some size to him, right? He's a little over 200 pounds. He's six foot three. I really like that. And he's averaged over 14 yards per catch this season. So Maniac Monty is kind of in love with a guy who gave you 1,300 yards this season. Um, so we'll see what situation he falls into. There's a little bit of talk around him being that slot guy. Also, like get to play that big slot position, which like Dave said earlier, we've seen a lot of really good big slots, right? So this doesn't mean it's a career killer for Rasheed Rice. And he is starting to kind of creep up, up, creep up my rankings right now as well. I think I've got him at wide receiver 
10 right now. Well, Wide receiver speaking, 10 starting to creep up a little bit. So Speaking of big slot receivers, Michael Thomas is kind of the, the guy that – one of the guys that started that. Mm-hmm. They have him projected to go pick 40 to the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Um, as high as the Dallas Cowboys in the late first round. Oh, sorry. You all right? There we go. So we have the next pick is Tank Bigsby at the 208. Again, you can still get running backs in this class later on. These guys might be pushed up the board a little bit based on need in your home drafts, which is only going to push some of these receivers down. But there's also like kind of like depends on what flavor you like. There's a lot of running backs. And so some people may like a, um, you know, might like a tank Bisbee higher than others. Um, tank Bisbee was my pick. Um, he was a shifty runner. I like SEC running backs. When he hits the hole, he goes, he's got a variation of moves. He's good. In, he's, he's, he's good at pressing the line and then using his jump cut. He's got a really good jump cut move. And what he does he just presses the line, goes right towards the, you know, right towards the the guard, and then the linebacker goes into the the hole, and then he's outside. And you see that on the line for the goal line, where he just has one little, you know, shimmy of the shoulders, gets somebody to pause, and then drives his shoulders straight through them and uses his power. Tank is, you know, he's not a slow, big, big dude. He's a little smaller, um, but he's not small at all. As far as this, this, he's around two fifteen. And uh, I would like to see more pass catching. I think that's my only concern here. Yep. And you bring up pass catching. That's where we're going with the 209 and Devin A. Chain, Texas A&M running back. Doug likes him. He's a really good running back. He's a really good all-around running back. Whether it's rushing the ball, whether it's catching the ball, it doesn't really matter. He's explosive. The size is the biggest concern. And and Doug even talks about in this, hey, despite his size, he still likes to run strong and whatnot. But this dude is small. This is a very small running back. And with that being said, he's going to be relegated to kind of that third down pass catching role. And there's a little bit of concern there where the dude can't pass block. And you see a lot of these third down backs, whether you're talking about Naheem Hines, whether you're talking about J.D. McKissick, those guys are really, really good pass blockers as well. And if Devon H. cannot do that, he's going to be severely limited in his opportunities. So that's the biggest concern and some things that he's going to need to be coached up on. Yeah, this is this is someone that you you hope turn you know your hope turns into one of these James Whites, um, you know this Austin Eckler type, um, and you know Tariq Cohen had his moments, but um, he is smaller, and uh, it's gonna be hard to see him on the field for you know for um, for a lot of teams. Yep. The next is Israel Abenaconda. I messed that up, but Pittsburgh running back. This guy is. He's a big back. Looks, you know, looks good out there. I saw a couple games this year. I like Pitt. Went to Pitt, and uh, I was a fan. Um, And some of the people that I respect in the industry a lot like him. Um, So this would have been a guy I would have been targeting here soon. Um, Again, you're looking at a guy like a chain, Bigsby, a little smaller. He's not. And so you're not going to have to worry about that. And you can't coat size. This guy has it. If he runs fast enough, he could pass all these guys up and end up a fringe first round pick in your rookie drafts. 
um, based on the, you know, where they have these guys on the big board, Bigsby's dropping. Um, but you have, uh, they, they like Devin McChain a lot. They have him as a second round pick, pick 63. Um, was it 2-2 Atwell was a second round pick also. Yeah, they love speed. NFL loves speed. And, so. and uh, but they, they got um, Israel down pretty far. They have him down in the fourth round. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's that late third, early fourth. I mean, he could fall to the fifth, even if we're completely honest because of where he played. But even if you look at where he played, James Conner came out of pit and looked pretty good once he was given the opportunity after Le'Veon Bell left town. So, I mean, I don't think he's going to walk into a starting gig or anything like that, but we've seen a lot of running backs be pretty productive coming out, you know, in later rounds. If you think guys like Elijah Mitchell coming from a smaller school in Louisiana Lafayette and being able to produce with the San Francisco 49ers given opportunity. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think there's a lot of opportunities like that. So, all right. Hey, this might be my favorite pick of the entire draft. And and Dave talked a little bit about Hendon Hooker and his love for Hendon Hooker and really the Tennessee Volunteers, how he's a little bit higher on them in the draft than some others. And I'm telling you right now, if I can get Hendon Hooker at the 211, I will I, I will be jumping for joy. I, I will pop open this Willet eight-year single barrel that I've got that's not open yet. I'll pop open my Elmer T. Lee, E.H. Taylor Barrel Proof, all these bourbons. And I'm like, man, I really need, I want a little bit of a special occasion to pop these things open. And if I get Hen and Hooker at 211, that's good enough for me. That is good enough for me. Look, super flex, he talks about it, Evan does. You're getting a guy that's likely going to be drafted into a situation where maybe he doesn't get to start right away. But maybe he starts next season. He's a little bit older. He was on the Heisman talk before he tore his ACL. It just, uh, this is extremely low. And I think this is the injury concern that's coming up right now. People want to see how his medicals turn out, right? What happens at the combine? How does he test from a mental standpoint? Does he, is he able to do his pro day? There's some talk around how he's shed his brace. They think he's going to be able to do a pro day. So it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens with that. And if he actually is able to do that, because if he does, 211's not happening. This dude's going way earlier for me. He's well ahead of Anthony Richardson. I mean, it's not even close to me between the two. He gives you that rushing side as well as that passer efficiency. You can see the number on the screen right now, 165.8. And like we talked about, he gives you the same rushing upside that we're talking about with Anthony Richardson. Now, he's not as explosive as Anthony Richardson, but he gives you very similar upside, and he's a much better, still needs some work, but a much better passer in my opinion too. So I love this pick by Evan at the 211. Yeah, and and having a 21, 22-year-old tearing ACL is not the end of the world these days. Um, even if they are you know have some rushing ability, you look, there's plenty of quarterbacks that have torn their ACL and, and play well. Um, you know, we've seen Deshaun Watson tear his ACL and come back and play well. I know we got, you know, we got to figure it out with, with Kyler Murray. Um, you know, we've seen plenty uh, do it. And so I'm not concerned. And most, the rookie quarterbacks sit most of the time anyway. So it's not like you're losing a whole lot. A lot of these teams draft their quarterback and they still sit them for a couple of games and they're fully healthy. So, um, Hooker could really benefit from going to a team and sitting for a year and learning 
and becoming that guy. We've seen that, you know, success with a lot of people. And maybe this injury affords him to do that where he can go get go into a better team with a better coaching staff. Um, because that, you know, that's also been something that's really helped some people out being able to go, you know, you saw Aaron Rodgers sit and then he got to go with the Packers. They were a good team when he took over versus being thrown in there um, to the worst, you know, the worst team in the league. I know Joe Burrow turned it around, but not everybody can do that. Yep. Yeah. Make sure you check out our profiles. We got, you know, we got our uh, receivers coming out this week, but we uh, got a bunch of quarter, you know, quarterback profiles out nine, 10 minute videos. Um, trying to do some more short form content. We got, you know, we got um, some mock draft shorts and some shorts coming out too. Um, Marvin Mims at the 12 spot. Mims is someone that, you know, coach Bruce has him on here. Um, you know, there's people that like him because of his size over a lot of the guys we've already talked about. Then there's, you know, people that just, they haven't, see, they don't, they don't like the inconsistent play. Um, we'll, we'll see with, with Mims. Um, it's really, uh, I'm not as high on him. Um, I would like to see more, but we did see a huge change with Oklahoma and Marvin Mims stayed. And we talked about it on the show earlier. Like you love the loyalty and you don't want to like punish a guy for that. But when like everybody leaves town, you stay, you kind of punish yourself because you're left in a situation where it just, it was not as good when Lincoln Riley was there. Yep. So let's All go right. through the third round. We're not going to go through every single one of these picks. Chase Brown, if you want to see a nice shorts pick, you want to see some nice quads, this is your guy. This is your guy. And the senior bowl, he had he had the stuff rolled up. I mean, he tucked his – Some A.J. Dillon-style shorts going he, on. He was tucking his his pants into his underwear. I mean, he was he was out there in a damn Speedo. Um, but, but I mean, if I look like that, maybe I'd do the same thing. Chase yeah, Brown right. is jacked, and he looked good. He had scored a touchdown in the senior bowl. Yeah, for me, I like the Cedric Tillman here. He gives you some of that upside, kind of like a Mike Williams. He's a similar play style. He's that big, tall receiver. Not fast, but got a little bit of speed to him. Um, he doesn't create a bunch of separation, but he's a guy that will body players. He's a pretty physical player, and I think that just like I think Dave says here, actually, now that I say He's a, a likely candidate. If he can manage to run well at the combine, you might start to see him kind of peek his way into maybe the third round of the NFL draft, which I, I really like. Yeah, there's not a lot of outside receivers. So, like, yep. when people put their boards together, like you, it all is about what you're shopping for. You know, like, yep. are you shopping for outside receivers? You're shopping for speedsters? You're shopping for, like, if they're shopping for outside receivers – they're not going to take some of these other guys. You're not going to take Zay Flowers. You're going to take Cedric Tillman, and so he might move up the board. Yeah, he might be one of the highest BMIs in the class, and he's not – I mean, he's only like 6'3", 215. So from a from a wide receiver perspective, he's still not like a giant dude. And he was the number one over Jalen Hyatt. Yes, and like this class is full – of undersized wide receivers. So like you said, if people are looking for bigger guys, he could be somebody's number two or three wide receiver if they're looking at size right now. So it's it'll be interesting to see how it falls out. Yeah, I think he moves up. I think Kenny McIntosh is going to be a better pro than he was in college. It was just an offense that had a lot of good pieces and they didn't you know run the offense through him. Plus they have Kendall Milton over there too. Yeah. Um, these are two players right here that people love. 
risers and Tajay Spears. Yep. Yeah, the, the senior bowl did wonders for both Tajay Spears. And even if you're looking at 308 pick and Eric Gray, people are loving both of those guys uh, after the senior bowl. And they did look really – they they look good. I, I get it. I'm not going to disagree. But don't overreact to that either, I would say. Yeah, we talked about Ibrahim the other day. There's people that really, really love him. And there's also people that say, like, yeah, he's like 24 years old playing against 18-year-olds. So – He's an older rookie. Yep. Eric Gray as well. Ronnie Bell is also older. I want to talk about Dalton Kincaid. I knew we weren't getting past that. 310. You talk like I talked about Jordan Addison's the steal of the draft. Hendon Hooker's number two. Dalton Kincaid's number three. Three. There's no freaking way. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take him. Beginning third round, end of the second round, every single draft that I can. This guy is he for me. I, I'll take him over taking you know Mayer as early as you're going to have to pay. Um, I just think he's he's going to be a, a very he's he's Greg Dulcich is very similar player, but I think he's better. I think he's better. Um, that some of the games that you see, he just dominated. The other team knew exactly who was going. to – He was their number one receiver, and um, first and it was game against USC. Team. Not so much second game, but definitely the first game. Yeah, and he had he had a he had an ankle sprain, and he still caught seventeen passes. Seventeen. <laughs> it was nuts. They were triple was covering nuts. him, and he was like, "I don't care." Yep. Just throw me the ball. It was like it was like a movie. I was watching the game live, and it was like just a movie. And like this guy was just so good, but just I've seen amazing. other games too. And it was just, yep. this guy's really impressive. He's a good route runner. He's not just, you know, just one of these guys that runs seam pattern, seam pattern. He's a good route runner. He's someone that, you know, he's got a wide receiver type of fluidity in and out of his breaks. He's got good hands, good size, good speed. I really liked all the game. Yeah, that I so I've I've started to dig into him a little bit, and I kind of see like a Mike Gesicki type of style. Like that, that's what you're going to get out of this guy. He's just that uber athletic dude, a little <laughs> undersized, not going to be asked to inline block or anything like that. Maybe he chips, but he he's going to be that guy that they move around uh, in an offense a little bit to get him in some good situations because he does have the skill set to to win at that. I, I do want to talk just real quick about the three eleven. I. I really like Raheem Jarrett. I like he looked really good last year uh, at Maryland, and he just had a little bit of a down year. Uh, you know, he led the team in yardage and receptions last year, and and everything was just kind of down. It was weird this season for him. He's a guy that's kind of, you know, I I had penciled in higher, but it's getting kind of difficult to get past the production this year. Uh, it, it, it's pretty tough because he's a guy that looks really good when you watch the film. The ball's just not going to him, and you wonder, is that a tug of Viola thing, or is that a Rakeem Jarrett thing? Is that an offense? It, you know, whatever the issue is, uh, he's got some really good upside in him. He's got some decent size. He's like six foot 190. Uh, so I, I really like Rakeem Jarrett and another one of those guys that could potentially start to rise above some of these other late, later third round picks, uh, maybe creep his way into the second round of, of your rookie drafts, not the NFL draft. 
but I, I, you know, he was a guy that a lot of people were talking about coming out of last season, thinking this dude might be one of the top wide receivers uh, in college, and it just was not was not good. I mean, yeah, and- think about it. five star recruit. He was, uh, I think, originally was it Alabama, LSU, maybe. I think he was originally committed to LSU, not Alabama. You know, and I mean, if if you're a five star that LSU's coming after, you're probably pretty good. Right. And he, he ended up uh, leaving there or, or decommitting and, and staying in Maryland because I think that's where he, where he went to high school uh, and was the Gatorade player of the year there. So, I, I mean, this guy, I, he's got the skill set. He really does. And I think he's a guy that could be an absolute steal if you get him at the in the third round. Yeah. Bad QB play. It really brought him and Dante Demas down. Yeah. Nathaniel Dell, um, speaking of you know smaller receivers, um, this guy is – He's really fun to watch. I mean, he's he's just a highlight tape. Um, Another he, senior bowl riser, right? Yeah, and he's a guy a lot of people really like that would say this is really low. Um, Puka Nakua, he was another guy that, that rose up the boards. Um, you know, Evan really nailed it with some of these sleeper picks. You know, he was on, on Tajay Sharp and Puka Nakua before anyone else was. Then, boom, senior bowl risers. Both those guys are on the list. Yeah. Um, Jaron Hall, you can check it out. A lot of some people that are uh, pretty excited about him, and some people hate him. Um, <laughs> yep. So, yeah, um, we put our profile out there and got some varying reviews. Some people say he doesn't deserve being top eight. Um, some people say he absolutely deserves being top five. Yep. Yep. I like the Darnell Washington here. I've got a little special place in my heart for these big guys that are pretty good blockers, also. Uh, and Georgia just, you know, he's not the starting tight end. He's not a top five draft pick next year. You know what I mean? Like uh, he was, he had no chance of coming out and usurping and being the tight end one in that offense, but he does provide a pretty solid skill set from an NFL perspective. Uh, I think he can definitely be a little bit of a difference maker if he can develop a little bit as a pass catcher. And I think you've seen some of these bigger tight ends be targets of certain teams, right? Dave, you talk about teams types. And I think that's that's what kind of came out when I was talking about Darnell Washington early on, you know, a couple months ago when we were talking about kind of our initial top th- top rankings for rookies. I have this guy in my top three for tight ends because of the fact that he's just that big guy that can block and teams are gonna wanna are gonna look at that and say, hey, look, this can be a skill set we can use. And he's a giant man. All right, you just toss the ball up there, Mo Alley Cox style or Jelani Woods style, and the dude can just come down with it because he's a basketball player also. So he's he kind of fits that, you know, Antonio Gates. You think about some of these other, and I'm not saying he's Antonio Gates. I probably shouldn't have thrown that out there. But you see some of these really high-profile tight ends who also had basketball backgrounds, and this dude did did have that as well. So I, I really like Darnell Washington and can think of think he could be a little bit of that sneaky play. You know, if you think of like a, a Daniel Bellinger, right? A guy that kind of flew under the radar the entire draft process. Some people talked about him like, hey, you should probably think about this guy. He's really good. Uh, and lo and behold, he's a pretty solid football player and the New York Giants really like him. And I think Darnell Washington could find himself in a very similar type of situation. My next pick was Dwayne McBride. Um, you know, he's a solid runner, smaller school. Um, I'd like to see what he does when he makes, you know, makes that make he goes to the combine and he's, you know, he's there neck and neck with the other guys. I, I like to see the combine where you see all the players together, 
because you have so many different conferences, so many different coaching styles and schemes that it's just nice to see these guys running the same drills and do they look like they belong? And, and I noticed it last year. There was a lot of guys from smaller schools and, and records isn't a small school, but Pacheco, I mean, he instantly, I'm like this guy, I mean, he looks like one of the best players out there and people weren't talking about him. And, you know, there were some other players like that. Yeah. I mean, PFF has him hot, like super highly ranked in this class from a, just a PFF grade perspective. I, I know a lot of people, eh, we don't like that or eh, we really do like that. But I, I mean, there's a lot of people that do kind of like his, his game and his play style. It's just the competition, right? Can he carry that from the competition that he played at UAB into the NFL? So, yeah, I mean, 1700 yards, 19 rushing touchdowns. You can't ask for much more. Yep. Deuce Vaughn. We got to talk about Rashawn Johnson. Yeah. He lives lives in the shadows of B. John Robinson. Um, But people really like this pick was done in the group chat. Bruce was like, I can't believe he's still on the board. Yeah, I I was a little high on him to begin with. I think I had I don't have my running back ones in front of me here. Um, but I I think he might rise a little bit more. He's just a he's a big guy and he's a he's a solid running back, but it doesn't matter how good you are when you're behind somebody like Bijan Robinson. Like do does anybody remember who was behind Saquon at Penn State? No, nobody gave a crap about who that was, right? It's because Saquon was the guy. And that's where we're at here is like, it's Bijan, and then it's Bijan, And then there's, oh, yeah, we have this senior that's been around for a while. He didn't really touch the ball a whole lot, but maybe he's good. Like, this dude is good. Like, he he's a very solid football player. <laughs> and if you can get him at 407, like, this, he, he very likely, a lot of leagues do three-round rookie drafts. This dude could be on waivers after the draft. I don't think that's going to happen once the NFL draft happens and all that, and we kind of figure out landing spots. I think that's going to start to creep him up a little bit, especially with senior bowl hype and all these things that are happening. These things are going to change a lot throughout the offseason. It's very fluid. Uh, But, yeah, this dude is – I like him a lot. I do like him a lot. Yeah, if the NFL likes him as much as we do and he's drafted harder than these other guys, these smaller guys – you could definitely see him be a, a mid-third, early third-round pick in your drafts. Yep. Um, Tucker Croft is another guy. He's an athletic guy. People would hope, you know, because the small-town connection, he's a Dallas Goddard type, but he's someone I think is going to have to develop a little bit. Um, but the athleticism is 100% there. Yep. Yep. And then I had to put Jonathan Mingo as the last pick. Um, this guy is the fastest guy recorded in the entire college football last year, he worked with uh, Ford, you know, the Ford company um, on some tracking. I mean, he went, I think it was 27 miles an hour. I mean, this guy Jesus. is just Good Lord. so fast. Um, it doesn't always translate into great fancy football production, but um, this dude's an absolute athlete and he had to be in the ro- on the roster. Yep. I like it. All right. Well, Hey, make sure you guys subscribe. Make sure you check, download the SGPN app. Go win some money. Win some free money. And don't forget about that Ken Walker jersey. All it costs you is maybe 30 seconds of your time to go to go to Apple, give us a five-star review. And, of course, as always, good luck this season. Cheers.